Hello everyone, I hope you are keeping well. Welcome to another episode of the Middle Age Gaming Podcast, the number one show where we talk about games, gaming philosophy, predictions, and pretty much everything under the sun. Your hosts are Adam, Crean, Antoine, and Phil. Pretty much whoever it can be there for the show because as you know, middle-aged gamers are busy. We have family, commitments, work, and so many other things. Enough said, let's get on with the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to another Middle-Aged Gaming Podcast. And as usual, you might be a little bit late today because we love each other's company and we're talking about a wide variety of stuff today, including why TV shows should end. And Adam and Antoine being copies of each other in different sides of the world. They totally agree and I disagree because I think stuff should never end. But today we are going to look towards the stars. Hint, Starfield, but we'll talk about that later. And as usual, we're going to talk about games you are playing so you guys can see over many episodes, should you be playing X game or should you not? Or is it not right the time for you to buy Horizon Forbidden West or Omori or Wasteland or whatever it is you want to buy? And that's the point of this first section because then it was middle-aged gamers. You get older things sometimes, yes, I want to buy it. No, I don't want to buy it. So, Antoine. You have not been playing. I have not been playing anything since I finished Zero Down, and I was looking over my Steam library and realized that I still didn't play Tales of Arise. So very likely, I'm not saying I'm going to play it between now and the next show, but that's something which is definitely on my list for the next few months at least. And uh, a friend of mine was playing something she got on a Humble Bundle. It's uh, Rogue Hero or something. Something very Zelda-like, and she was telling me it's a four-player, so you can actually uh, join us. Like, oh, I wish I had time, but it's uh, it really looks nice. It's really Zelda-like. I saw her to kind of rebuild the destroyed village at the beginning with uh, with the money she got, and uh, I bug on the very short stream she did earlier. But looks nice as well. So if I have time, I'd like to do a bit of multiplayer on this one. But likely, I'll go to Tales of Arise. But if you have time, Humble Bundle, I think Rug Rug Hero. Rogue Zero, I'm going to look for it. Okay. Do you play anything mobile when you're busy? Like any cell phone games? Yeah. Sometimes some kind of Candy Crush game when I'm waiting for my kids to get out of school, but that's it. Okay. Sounds good. Adam, what about you? And still Final Fantasy XIV, I've been unlocking all the, like I said, the nodes for flying, getting ready for the next patch. I'm debating whether I should even just finish it on my own. I'll probably just finish it on my own, seeing as I can't stream currently on Mondays and Tuesdays anymore. But other than that, I've been playing Apex and Amori, so... Amori I've been doing on Friday. I, I played a little bit yesterday off stream, but uh, mostly that's been on stream. And finally got Apex, the PS5 version, to work. Because it was weird. In Taiwan, it said... On the page, it says the PS5 version is here. And then when you go to the and then when you go to the page, it would say add to wish list. And it says it's available, but you can't download it. You can only add it to wish list. So I was like, okay. So then I went to my US account and they had the PS5 version of my US account. So it was funny because I was actually playing with friends at the time. And I was downloading the PS5 version and playing the PS4 version. And the PS5 version downloaded. And I was like, oh, okay, hang on, give me a second, guys. Logged off. Down, uh, deleted the PS4 version, got on the PS5 version, and then the PS5 version said that it couldn't connect because I had downloaded it from my US account and I was trying to play on my Taiwanese account. And so it said that I didn't have permission to play it because it was linked to a different account. So then <laughs> I had to re-download the game and I was like, oh, sorry guys, I deleted the, the version that works. So, so I had to do that. But then I had waited 
all week and it was the the on the Taiwan store. It just PS5 version it wasn't there. So yesterday I tried again downloading the PS5 version from the American store and this time it works. So now I can play the PS5 version. So I don't know. Did you run it? How does it look? Looks fine. Looks really good. I haven't really noticed a huge difference in the frame rates. I know it's higher, but I don't know. I've never been super stickler on frame rates, but you can definitely tell the higher resolution is very apparent, especially on because when I opened it, I was like, oh, okay, you can see it on the splash screen. And then when you see the characters, you're like, okay, they look different. But I, I the real place I noticed it was when I popped in and then it, you could see like the character's hands in front of them when they're like holding a gun or something like that. And just, you could see like the texture of the leather on the glove so much better and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely cleaner. I wouldn't say it's to the point where it's, oh my gosh, you have to get it. But yeah, it's not, if you, if you can. Okay. Are you, like, where are you on Amori? Are you 50% of the way done? Uh, how's your progress there? I would assume, I'm not sure how far I am, but I would assume I am about halfway through. The way the game plays out is you have your headspace, which is like your dream world, and then you have the real world, and the character is moving away in three days. And so I've played through the first headspace, and then... Day, three days left, I played through that. And then now I've done, I'm in the second headspace, but I think I'm pretty much done with it. I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do now. I've been doing side quests just because I'm trying to remember where I'm supposed to go, but I'm not, not really sure. So I just keep stumbling upon side quests. But after that, I'll have to, two days left. And then I think I have one headspace left because also too, there are three zones you can go to. The first one you can access at the beginning the second one, you have to conquer your fear of heights. The second one, you have to conquer your fear of spiders. And the third one, I'm assuming you have to conquer your fear of drowning. Because it seems I have to cross some water. So I've already conquered my fear of heights and spiders. So I have a day. And then I have conquer fear of water. And then I have one day left. And then I'm guessing that's the end game is the last. Is the getting ready for the day you leave. So maybe about halfway. Very cool. For me, as usual, I am on Wasteland, a little bit of Division, like once a week. And I have, what am I playing? So with my brothers, the last week we played, oh God, what is that Dwarven game again? Deep Rock Galactic, yes. But this week we'll be trying Total Warhammer multiplayer because that was free for one day on March 31st. So we're going to give that a try this week. I'm interested to see how it runs. And just from an aesthetic perspective, because I know I'll never play that because it's just it's one of those games that would just suck way too much time and I would get far too little enjoyment. But Wasteland, oh my God. Wasteland, I, I was like very close to quitting it last week, like right after the podcast, just because there was another like bit where it was like a, I couldn't do something the way I wanted to do it. And then I'm like, oh, screw you game. And... But eventually, and then now I'm getting towards the end of the game. I'm about 37 hours, which someone uh, Googled online. There's that website where you can check how long it takes to finish a game. And the ending looks like I'm going towards is probably not the right ending. And I'm like, oh, no. Why'd you spoil it for yourself? I, oh, no, I didn't Google the end. I can see I'm on the 37th hour that the ending where I am is not where it's supposed to be because everyone's like, you psychopath. I'm like, but this guy is bad. I'm supposed to be doing this. And then I'm like, oh no. So maybe I, I made a bunch of wrong decisions 
And then uh, one lady left my party that I spent a bunch of time leveling her and then getting towards the last mission, two people from my party were like, yeah, if you're going to do this, we can't do this with you. And what are you going to do with us? You're going to kill us or arrest them? I'm like, well, I'm going to arrest you. I don't really want to kill you. And then, yeah, there's a whole bunch of people I recruited and then I eventually had to kill them all last night. That was not good. And uh, just uh, for you guys and you listen to us, there is another game which, of course, will uh, get in inside my backlog. It's Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is out. So if you like Borderland, is not yet. But oh. I saw the reviews and they are wonderful. And I was like, called it. But yeah, I got too many uh, games on day one lately, especially Horizon. And of course, there's bugs. And I really want to enjoy Tiny Tina. And also because I already have a lot of other games to play. So that's a good excuse for me to get it and keep it on backload for like between Tales of Arise, maybe Tiny Tina and Starfield. Yeah, that seems like a, a good um, plan for the year. But Definitely. I really recommend, even though I didn't play it. Reviews well, lots of people buy. have said it's good. That's going to be on my buy at a discount list because it's one of those things I'll probably play multiplayer. I won't play it single player. But let's get into Starfield. And as we mentioned before on previous episodes of the podcast and the YouTube channel, if you're watching, we are going to be covering a Starfield exclusively on this channel. So if you're looking for the one like ultimate place to get Starfield news, whether it's you're just listening or you're riding your bike like I am or um, you're listening on YouTube Premium as well and you just got your phone turned off or you just want to watch videos and listen to us talk, this is the place. So you should be subscribed and click that notification bell because... We'll make sure that you will be up to date with Starfield should you be pre-ordering it like Korean is trying to do or I'm trying to do or should you be waiting like Antoine is probably going to do. Ah, just for Starfield, I'll play at the same time as you guys. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, as usual, today we have three categories. Adam's going to talk about his expectations for the game. Antoine's going to talk about the history of Bethesda, maybe the game, maybe other sort of stuff. I'm going to talk about my desires for the game. Uh, and as usual, Adam is going first because he's A and A is the first letter of the alphabet. I don't know why I said that. Because it's the first <laughs> letter of the alphabet. It's just scientific fact. <laughs> okay, so I'll go. So what we do know, we don't know too much about the game yet. So as far as ex expectations, we don't really know too much about what to expect other than what has been said and what has been revealed. What we do know is that the game is described as NASA punk. So basically it means that they're going to be taking a more, it's going to be sci-fi, but it's going to be a more grounded sci-fi. It's not going to be so fantastic as what in Star Wars or Star Trek or Mass Effect or anything like that. So everything that is going to be happening in this game is going to be somewhat a little bit more grounded in science and what we understand of the universe and rather than these fantastic say mass effect relays or these kind of made up concepts i think the only concept that they really have that is going to be out of the realm of what we can currently see in terms of technology progression is probably faster than light travel some of these for example i think they i think that takes place in alpha century so that's a, a bit of a ways away from here, so the the ability to, to move around is going to be obviously 
you need to be able to get from planet to planet. What we also know is that uh, I think it was Todd Howard. That, that's the guy who's head of Bethesda. He said something about how there's going to be two step out moments. So there's a lot of speculation as to what that means as far as a step out moment. What a lot of people are speculating is the first one's going to be you step out into the game. For example, in Fallout, that would be you leaving and then you get you're exposed to this wide world. He says there's going to be two of those. So currently this speculation is the first one's going to be going out into the first planet that you're on and exploring that. And the second one's going to be once you leave the planet and like you see this vast universe that you can explore. Currently, we know that there's going to be three planets at least. And we know that because there's three different cities and all of them are on different. The three cities are New Atlantis, Neon, and Akila? Akila? What we know about these three is that New Atlantis is the... Kind of the Empire. They're, they're the biggest and the strongest faction. They're going to be the guys that are running everything. They, they're the ones that do all the trade and all that. So that's going to be your big high-end hub city kind of thing. We know that Neon is going to be your shady underground place. Yeah, that's going to be a, a city built on a platform on a mostly oceanic world. And they are known for their psychotropic fish. If you've seen some of the things uh, going on, then basically we have skooma fish, if you're familiar with Elder Scrolls. So there's a fish that people take for their psychotropic qualities. And so that's that city, and it's got a seedy underbelly. And then you have Aquila, which is a kind of a frontier town. So if you're playing more of a, if you want to do the Firefly-style game where you're on these frontier planets, that's going to be the place to go. Uh, and that city is surrounded by a wall because... Apparently, outside of that, there is some sort of wolf, uh, wolf velociraptor monster running around. That is the apex predator of the planet, and so they build these walls to protect them from that. So that's telling us that there will be aliens in the game. Obviously, there's this—I don't remember—they have a word for it, but I don't remember the name. But that wolf velociraptor thing, the fish on that other planet—that's going to be another alien. So we can't expect aliens. However, from everything we've seen so far. We have not seen any kind of sapient or intelligent aliens, so it does look as though all alien life will likely be more animal and less humanoid or sapient or intelligent. So it does seem like that. However, there is a lot of speculation that this game might be a game about first contact and that we might end up, through the course of the game, coming into contact with intelligent species so there's some speculation about that but currently there's no evidence that is going to be the case it's just purely speculation beyond that we do know that there are it seems that there will be companions we have then you've seen the trailer they have a, a bipedal what do you call it? Uh, i'm trying to rover kind of thing yeah yeah there's like a droid rover thing and, it, and it's not like your c3po kind of robot it looks very much a, a bipedal mars rover kind of thing it's hunched over and it's got like a big light on it and all that so we can expect some, I think we can expect some companions. And come on, if you've played any of the Elder Scrolls or Fallout, we know that companions are a huge deal. We're pretty much guaranteed to have. If you look at some of the armor, con the concept armor, they show it with as a full piece. And they also show it with you know, maybe like just the chest piece with no gloves or things like that. So we're probably going to be able to mix and match some armor similar to what we've seen in Skyrim or Fallout. So you can probably mix and match some armor in there. And the other thing that they've said in the into the Starfield was that they wanted conversations. They're going back to older games. And, and the example that they used was Oblivion in that they said, 
when you're having a conversation with somebody, if you're trying to convince the person, they're trying to make the conversation a little bit more like you're actually trying to convince them and not so much you're trying to pass a check. So depending on the person's personality, you have an option of say five things to say. And if you say the right, if, but then so you, you say something and then you continue on in the conversation, then you have another five things to say. And if you can get, uh, so throughout the conversation, you're trying to kind of get on their good side. So it seems like that's something that they're working more towards rather than say uh, Fallout 4, where either you pass a check or yeah, there's a right answer, there's a wrong answer, and or there's pass a check. And this one, it seems more like you're going to be trying to convince people. So with that, we don't really know what stats are going to be. We don't know if they're going to do the charisma, the strength, and all that. We have no idea. I would assume there's something, some sort of character thing. But as far as what they would be, who knows? Because, yeah, you're not going to have the same... Yeah, is charisma going to be something? Charisma probably will. Maybe luck will, but and probably strength and maybe dexterity. But uh, yeah, other things we're not sure. And also, we don't know what the combat's going to be like. We don't know if it's going to be more first-person shooter, if there's going to be some kind of VATS-type system or something like that. We don't know. But we do... From the... It does seem like there's going to be a bit of a No Man's Sky... Not the resource management, where if you look at the, the HUD that they show, it shows CO2 level, oxygen level and all that. So there might be... I wouldn't be surprised if they add some sort of survival mode where you have to manage all these things and an easy mode where it's maybe not so important. Anton, I'm wondering of what my expectations are for this in terms of gameplay. Are we talking about a Skyrim in space, a Fallout in space? Is it closer to a No Man's Sky, Star, Star, Star Citizen, sorry? I don't really know what to expect at this time. Like We'll talk about it later, but... What we know is that Bethesda main theme has always been exploration. So that's what you're going to have mainly. It's exploration. Plus, we're talking about space here. Sorry, is there a background noise here? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, I, I hear it's yeah, like it's interference good. of some sort. Yeah. This is probably mine. It's <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, exploration. Yeah, definitely on your end. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely on my end. I'm fixing this now. Hang on. Okay. Is that okay. Better? Perfect. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, so I don't know what to explain to expect in terms of gameplay. I would really like to have some kind of Skyrim in space with a more advanced combat system because combat has always been a bit basic in Skyrim. So we'll see what what's gonna happen. I read in the video a gun which is very Star Citizen, I would say. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> a strong man. inspiration. So we'll see how it works, but I really don't have much expectation to have gameplay. So I don't know what do you think is gonna be like a first person view third person they said it's going to be first person and third person mm -hmm. so that's going to be similar to what we see Sky in uh, skyrim yeah skyrim, it's very yeah. much the signature there we go there's the gun oops sorry mm -hmm. back there we go yeah and then uh, i've seen people saying that it's nice that it seems like on the top of the gun you see the number 24 so a lot of people are assuming that's an ammo count so people are wondering what the hud's going to look like like if, if it does do obviously we have guns so there's going to be some sort of gun combat and it looks like there's probably a grenade behind it uh, so there, there is going to be some form of combat but it, like is it going to be are they going to try to clean up the hud and put the bullet count on the guns themselves or it's still very early in that yeah, exactly. development but uh, the hud has a lot of time to uh, be improved <laughs> between now and november yeah and the other thing that to note of this particular picture here is if you look on the right hand side it said there's a flight manual so people are saying like oh why would they put that there unless you're able to fly 
So there might be some ship flying. We don't know. I hope so in space. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, there's another photo. Not this one. Oh, if you oh if you look at there, you can see uh, Oblivion right there. Omega. It's an Omega, but it looks kind of <laughs> like the Oblivion thing. But there's another photo where it shows a locker, and in the locker, there's writing on them, and it says something like "pick up." It's just it's just basically just a shopping list. But that again is an indication that we might end up with companions in the game. But I'm definitely expecting kind of a Skyrim Fallout in space, where it's a lot very character driven and talking to people and going around and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's definitely been like, there's been so many improvements as far as mechanics and new ideas that I think they can bring together into a game, not from the Bethesda side, but just like indie gaming in general. Like when it comes to like dialogue systems, like I think about, I've never played it, but the game Grifflands uh, comes to mind where it was, it was basically a game, a dialogue -y game where you, your the way you play the game is you convince people to do stuff and have massive options and makes me think that there's lots of stuff that they could implement to improve on it. And I don't know whether they'd actually want to do that or not. But the whole like grounded idea of space, I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm, I'm kind of thinking like Kerbal Space Program grounded. Maybe not that complex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you want to take your ship off, it's going to be a button. And then the uh, yeah. ship's AI does all the calculations. <laughs> as long as there's a ship design, yeah, but there's a... As yeah. long as it doesn't blow up when you try to push the button. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it going to be more like, yeah, like Star Wars or, or later ones. But it's just with the new technology. I mean, he's got all the buttons and stuff there, but I'm sure most of that's regulated by a ship AI where you say, I want to take off. And... Yeah, I mean, grounded in the sense of like Skyrim was fantastic with options and hidden secrets. Like the other day, there was like a guy took 10 years to find this thing that nobody else found. And it's, I, I'm, I'm worried that this might be like too realistic maybe and, and like not in the the Kerbal space program sense but just to not like fantastic like the outer wilds with guns and weapons and like weird aliens and stuff and yeah uh, yeah. yeah that's it's called borderland but you're still exploring completely different worlds so even if it's grown in reality they, they still have a wild margin for weird and fantastical stuff even if it's uh, not borderland or something like this you won't have dragons but Oh, actually, you might have dragons. Yeah. Who knows what's in? Who knows what's in Alpha Centauri? Yeah, sure. but sure. I, I, I agree. That was one thing that I was thinking of. Is if you look at past Bethesda games, there's a goofy humor to it where it doesn't take itself too seriously. Just look at half the things the Khajiit say and talk about. Like they just come on. There was a uh, where they have a cheese festival, or, or when cheese falls from the sky, that's their apocalypse. That's their religion. It's just goofy. And Fallout's the same thing. Where you have uh, what was it? The child ghoul who had been locked in a refrigerator for 200 years or something like that. they always have this goofy humor and hearing that this one's a little bit more grounded and hearing that kind of nasa punk it doesn't really lend itself very easily to that same style of goofiness and you could still have goofy characters and you could have a robot that's glitchy and, and and says weird things off the cuff and can be problematic at times but oh it's just it, please <laughs> But at the same time, yeah, I, I don't think you're... I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty of secrets and stuff like that. But yeah, it seems like tonally, it, it just seems like it'll have a more serious tone. So that'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. And even, say, even looking at, say, the trailer of uh, Skyrim, this guy fighting a dragon and he shouts at the dragon. And it's epic. And 
If you look at the short trailer that they showed us so far, it's literally just a dude walking through a ship and then pressing a few buttons and the ship takes off. It's, it's not nearly, it's, it's epic in a, in a completely different way. It's more, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's a sense of awe at, look at what we've accomplished. It's not like, a, oh my God, this is so awesome. Yeah. The, the shouts were like a big mechanic in Skyrim. Do you think, what do you guys think? Is there going to be an equivalent thing to shouts in Starfield? Is that even possible in a space game? There are. It's because you like, for instance, in Fallout, you have Vats that does something. No, it's not quite as big as shouts, but there are things you could do if you have a, a little drone helping you out when you can call in your drone for support or depending on if your ship has some sort of AI, you know, maybe you could call in some ship support in certain situations. If it's like yeah. above you using it for I... recon or blasting or whatever you whatever have you. There's Definitely, when it comes to technology, you can do almost whatever you want. You know? Exactly, that's what I wanted to mention. I uh, totally agree with Adam. Like, you can do whatever you want in terms of technological support, but you won't see magic like in Skyrim because it's more grounded into reality. You won't see magical stuff. But technology-wise, you're not limited. Yeah. Yeah, all you need to do is even really give them a drone and you could do almost anything you want. You know, like, for instance, if you're trying to do stealth or something, have a drone that kind of goes ahead and scans the area from above so you can see that eagle eye view that you get from Assassin's Creed or something like that. Or or even if this is even if you're doing more grounded in reality and you don't want to go as far as an invisibility shield, have the drone act as a distraction to distract enemies. Maybe it just has a flashing light or, or whatever. But but yeah, it can or your robot companion or something like that. So I mean there, there are ways around it that you can do it and make it still seem not silly. I can imagine the guy with a laser pointer. Yeah. That's okay. It's okay. We can I mean, that's go. what Predator does, right? He's got like the three laser pointers on his shoulder. I'm trying time to teach us about history. It's not that much of history, but more if you have seen, I think on Steam and maybe on the official Bethesda website, uh, Bethesda released two videos, which are called Into the Starfield. And the first video of it is a seven minute video of uh, the top brass of Bethesda. So... Uh, Todd Award, and uh, don't be like me, don't mix it up with Run Award, uh, Hollywood, not the same. So this one is Todd. Todd Award and uh, two major people in the Bethesda world, sorry, I don't remember the name, who literally pat themselves on the back for seven minutes talking about the history of Bethesda. And they are talking about how they made award-winning Skyrim, five episodes of them, oh, Elder Scrolls, sorry, or they made Fallout, and Jose up till now couldn't do Starfield, although they dreamed it up 25 years ago, but they just didn't have the tools to do it. And so now they can because they have a great graphic engine, they have the experience, they are talking how the better team workers, a team, and that they're almost no turn. I'd like to see that. I don't know if it's true. We talked about how gaming industry can be toxic, so if Bethesda indeed keep most of their workers and fair play to them. I think that most of the team working on Starfield is already the team who worked on Fallout and stuff before, so they know exactly what is the Bethesda trademark. So in that sense, they can give a lot of currents in this world. That's all nice and good. It's a very interesting video. I really recommend that you watch it. On the other side, if you are more grounded in reality, they have two major franchises, which are Elder Scrolls, and as the same type of game as situation, I would say as a GTA, they have Elder Scroll Online, which really blocks them from doing, literally they can't, it's the same as GTA. They won't do a six for a while because online is all the buzz at the moment. Same for Tesla. And I think, I really think 
updates at a really frequent rate, at least at the same rate as the FF14. So for this franchise, Tablot. Other big franchise, Fallout. They did great on Fallout 1, 2, 3, 4. Especially the four got few awards and it's really well imprinted in the fan mind that it's an excellent franchise, an excellent game, to which I agree. Even though I, I do prefer Skyrim, but still, it's a very good franchise to them there. Absolutely. Even New Vegas is very good. But not too long ago, as we know, they released 76, which unfortunately was a bust. Complete bust. It was terrible. They went to the E3 and for an hour of conference, they just say, sorry, we dropped the ball there. Very sorry. And they are still trying to pick up the pieces there. Even recently, they are adding like a new extensions to 76. They are trying to... Now, apparently, after all the work they did on it for the past three years, it looks like the game is actually relatively good. It's just that its reputation is so terrible, no one wants to play it. That's a shame. But maybe that would be a good idea to try and play to see if now it's as good as they say. But right now, they are still picking up the pieces of 76, it's not the right time to release a Fallout 5. It's just not the good time because if they drop the ball again there, uh, hard time on them. And let's, uh, so here Fallout are blocked as well. So the two main franchises blocked. They can't do anything there. What's the solution? They just got bought by Microsoft. I'm sure as a game is not developed in one year. And uh, Bethesda was bought really recently. And they didn't start Starfield when, when Microsoft bought them. No way. It has been on their, on their workbench for at least two or three years, minimum. I hope so, if we want to get it by the end of the year, which Adam and I are not so sure about. In any case, the next step was obviously to create a new franchise because their two main and famous franchises are blocked. So they needed to do a new franchise. So whether or not it's true that they thought about Starfield for the past, since the, um, the creation of the studio 25 years ago, it really aligns with what Bethesda is, which is what? Which is exploration, surplus view, uh, character going around a very big world. And uh, hopefully I'm sure there's going to be lots of stories and lore because that's what the, these games are based on, stories and what the world is all about and exploring this brand new world rather than some other aspect of the gameplay, like fighting. And they also, that made me smile, but it's an extremely good idea from Bethesda, so I'm not going to take it away from them, but they really pat themselves on the fact, on the fact that Skyrim is a game from 2012, where 10 years later, is it 2012 or 2011? Anyway, it's at least 10 years, 10 years old game, and it's still widely played right now. Why? Because Bethesda allows you to do mods. And I don't know how, how many thousand mods you have on Skyrim, but you can play Skyrim right now, and it's going to be fantastic because you have got uh, mods which completely overhaul the design aspect, so you can play it now, and it's going to be a next-gen game. You can add companion stories, you can add anything you want, and it will be completely different from the original game. You will have the same base, same concrete, but you can build your own house on top of it. And that's an extremely important point of Bethesda. I am not so much versed in Fallout, so I don't know how mods work there. Is it the same as Skyrim? Could you do your own mod and do whatever you want in there? 
Do it's the know? same. It's the same as Skyrim. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that uh, three for... is the same engine, I think. Okay. Fallout Four, I uh, think, but... is a different engine, but yeah, it works exactly the same. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know if it's based on the engine, but just to, to leave the liberty to modders do their work and add and build on top of the game to to keep the game alive. Bethesda doesn't do a thing. Only the game, the the fans keep the game alive, and it works. Bon, that's why I was smiling. Like the guys are petting themselves. Eh, hey, do you see our game is still alive t- uh, ten years and still after ten years and still going strong? Yes, but technically you haven't invested much on it. You just let the fan do the work. But fair play, you let the fan do the work. And not many games, not many publishers do that. Or developers, sorry, not publishers. But there are not a lot of games which let you do that, at least to that extent. Because that's really, I'm talking about thousands of mods. Tell me, give me any other games who can do that. I dare you. I don't think there's many out there. Which one? Farming Simulator. Farming Simulator. It was one of the only other games on the PS4 that allowed mods. <laughs> yeah. Here I'm talking PC. Sorry for guys. But I mean, like, like uh, but the fact that it players. was one of the only other games on the PS4 that had mods. So uh, you said to name another game that has the same extent. <laughs> so modders, uh, we didn't hear Adam talking about console for mods. We Seven about... Remake has a lot of has a lot of mods now. Okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> if you want. Still, uh, if you have a computer, it's f- extremely easy to get your mods and get them to work. Even I'm not a big, uh, like, uh, big PC guy, and even I can make my mod work on it. So good work, Bethesda. And that's a bit what they are about. So the second video, which is so their first video, they talk about Bethesda for the past 25 years, their big franchise, their big success. Big omission on 76 for some reason. Of course, they won't talk about their failure, but well, technically, anyway. Bethesda didn't make 76. The only fallouts they made were yeah. 3 and 4. 76 was made by somebody else using their engine, and then ah. New Vegas was made by Obsidian. And 1 and 2, I think, was also Obsidian. But they only made 3 and 4. Okay. Anyway, in the mind of people like me... <laughs> they published <laughs> They published 76. <laughs> Okay, for example, they published Ghostwire recently. Does it count as a Bethesda game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Fair enough, because the reviews are... They had the... They were the ones that approved it to go out. So they still looked at it and they were like, yep, we're going to put our name on this. So it's still on them, even if they didn't develop it. Fair enough, but it's not their team of developers who did it. And I believe Starfield is completely done by Bethesda. Correct me if I'm wrong. They can't make a miss on this one. And that's why, in my opinion, they're going to take a few more months and the date of November 2022 is all but relative because they really want to make sure that their game is completely finalized before they release it. They don't want to do a cyberpunk and they release it and it's unplayable because that would be a two massive miss in a row, even though they have Microsoft to, uh, as a backup now. So they are not in danger or in any danger. That's going to release some pressure from their shoulder. Still, they can't really afford a, a big miss there. And so coming back on this, so that's a big first video of seven minutes. Second video is way more based on stuff, more like what their idea of the game would be. Skyrim in space, we want to have a massive uh, space exploration, space is the last frontier, this kind of feel. So this is what's uh, on the second And that's it for now. I don't know if, I don't know when the next video will come out, 
But for if you are like me and you want to know everything happening in the Bethesda world for Starfield, you have a, a website which is join the constellation at Starfield. Uh, Starfield.com or something like this. So just go to the Bethesda, join the, join the constellation. Oh, yeah, something is just Constellation Starfield, and you can subscribe and you'll get all the newsletter coming up, which is, of course, what I'm going to base these uh, podcasts on every little bits and pieces of information we can get. Just to add some sort of color to what Antoine said, Elder Scrolls uh, March player count on Steam, Elder Scrolls Online is 20,947. Fallout 76, March player count 8,577. Uh, Skyrim after 11, 10, 11 years, March player count 5,964. Still running strong. Yeah. I, I think that's, that Skyrim thing is significant too because uh, the release date currently is what? November 11th, 2022. Something and like Skyrim release, released November 11th, 2011. So this is, so it was 11, 11, 11. Now it's 11, 11, 22. So I think that date is. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this actually, like Antoine says, oh, they don't have pressure from Microsoft or they have Microsoft behind them, so they don't have so much pressure. But I feel like in a way they have more pressure just because, A, the significance of that date releasing 11 years after Skyrim, when Skyrim was 11, 11, 11. I feel like that date it was very specifically chosen and not hitting that date is, I don't think it'll actually hurt them at all. But I, I think from their perspective, there's a huge significance on we have to hit this date because this date is very significant. So I, I think that puts pressure on them. And I feel like on the Microsoft end, yeah, financially, there's not so much pressure, but I feel like there's actually more pressure to perform because they have to justify these, because Microsoft has been making these big buyouts and this is gonna be the first game that kind of comes out as the, the fruit of those buyouts. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure on it to perform to justify these buyouts by Microsoft. Like Disney buying like Star Disney Wars? Like Disney buying Star Wars, exactly. So you, if they bought out ZeniMax and then now they've bought out Blizzard and I feel obviously they're going, Microsoft's going to be fine. There's, there, there's no problem for them. <laughs> but I feel, but I feel like in a way, if Starfield does not perform well, that's going to hit the stock it's going to hit the shareholders because there was this whole thing like why are we doing these buyouts we're doing it to get these games because that's been the meme for a while xbox doesn't have games so if it doesn't perform shareholders are not going to be happy with that they're not going to accept that so i feel like in that sense there's a lot of uh, pressure that this game absolutely has to be uh has to be it's going to make money it's bethesda it's going to make money. the money's not the issue it's reception it, 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 we, they cannot have a cyberpunk situation. It has to be a, an Elden Ring situation. <laughs> so I feel like talking in that sense, it's going to put more pressure on them. Talking about reception, do you think, because we were talking earlier about pre-purchasing it, do you think it's going to be part of the Xbox Pass? Oh, absolutely. They've already announced it. Yeah, they won Game Pass. So mm -hmm. that's all the reason you have. You're going to buy it? $18 a month or something like that. No, cheaper than that is PlayStation up there. Pass is $9 a month. Is it? I saw something US. where they said that Game Pass is more expensive than... No, no, no. Game Pass is much cheaper. Oh, no, I'm For thinking of Game Pass Ultimate. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, no, Not so, to mention yeah, yeah. Game Pass Ultimate plan. is $18. Yeah, they're going to do the family plan now. And I think that that will knock... Ugh, it's not competing with Play, but I mean, like PlayStation will have to come up with something because it's just like YouTube Premium, right? I pay like 200 something Taiwan dollars, like less than 10 US dollars a month. And you, Bella, me, 
my partner, somebody else is on there. I forgot who is the fifth person, but yeah. And you can split. I don't, I don't know if you saw the meme of uh, Will Smith hitting Chris Rock at the Oscar. Will Smith with the head of Xbox Game Pass and Chris Rock being Spartacus. Yeah, no, I, I think Game Pass is definitely like I once Game Pass family comes out, I'll be buying that for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just be buying it for myself and then like other people can enjoy the benefit. Mm. Like, going back to what Adam said about drones. Uh, so PC Game has an article published eight hours ago. Starfield's Vasco is basically a robotic space donkey. But I will include that in <laughs> in the show notes today. But literally what Adam said is what is actually is coming is a, a little robot companion. It looks like a like a like mad little... battle tech. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's I think that somewhere. is exactly what we're gonna have. I put the link in the, the chat for the call and you guys can have Thanks. a look at that. No problem. I think that's cool. It's like as Adam was talking about it, I'm like, oh wow, look at this. Adam's right. Yeah, right here. <laughs> yes, yes, Vasco. Yes. And that's a cool name. So it reminds me of Vasco da Gama from Portugal who came and founded my hometown in South Africa. It's probably what he's named for. <laughs> yes. And uh, given that we have five minutes left, I will <laughs> save my part for another day and another time. Convenience that he's speculating and he's going to be like, oh, I'll just wait until... Until next time, eh? <laughs> okay. But going back to what Antoine said earlier, where he said he wasn't sure when they started the Starfield, I looked it up. So Starfield was trademarked back in 2013, but it wasn't officially announced until wow. 2008. Yeah. So they trademarked so... this a long time ago. So they would be so what they thought about this game for a while. Huh? Yeah. In the first video. They were thinking about it for a long time. They just so, said that that's the, uh, the actual means to do it, but now they do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when development started, but yeah, trademark was back in 2013. So they were at least talking yeah. about it back then. Something new to be doing, do the trademark and then do storyboards, brainstorming, that sort of stuff, coming up with an appropriate idea. That would have taken years as well, because I mean, all the content you want to put into the game. And then when the processors and all that stuff, like, and I was looking, Amazon has a sale on eight core, even 12 core, 24 thread processors. I mean, that is that's power and it's it's three hundred dollars it's like the price of taking a plane from dallas airport to san francisco i don't know why obscure reference <laughs> i'm looking at yeah we talked about virginian airports and i remember dallas airport and then i was like i guess this is what probably the i don't know why i said it. i would have anyway, yeah. said it was like about between the price of an xbox a series and x series <laughs> but you went with oh, the plane dude, that's an obscure reference <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a technology power, like power and graphics cards. The, the news has said themselves that like the price of graphics cards have been dropping. I, I haven't, seen, I went to the store yesterday. I should have actually looked. But if that's the case, that should mean that November, more people have access to play this game. Not to mention APUs. So you have Amazon, where's the Amazon? AMD does APUs and APUs like the 4600 series. Very affordable. You play a lot of games in 1080p without a graphics card in a laptop. You could even do that for a desktop as well. So I think that's going to be fantastic. Yes. Gents, any final thoughts on Starfield? Let's say, oh, let, let, let's do it this way. What's one thing you want from Starfield since I didn't talk about desires? We'll go Antoine first. I want to have a trader on gameplay resistance cinematics i want to see what just a taste i want to have a taste of what it's gonna look like rather than look like what's gonna play like i'm always a big what i would love to see is some sort of uh ship customization hopefully you'll be able to buy different models oh, yeah. of ships but then also maybe customize them a bit upgrading engines or just panels and just build your home mod yeah well, obviously you'll be able to mod it but with the mods but i, I hope that the ship is your home 
in the sense that like say skyrim you had uh town building and that sort of things and then in what was it what was it hearth hearth yeah uh, it's uh stone hearth stone hearth you kind of could build your own home I hope that the ship will be your home and I oh, think that would great. give them a lot of focus because then they can be like, hey, we don't need to have seven different places that people can mod, just one that moves around. So I hope that they do that and allow you to customize your ship. It's a bit like a Star Citizen. In Star Citizen, really, the ship is your home, so... Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's one thing that I always liked about, say, Star Wars. The Millennium Falcon was the size mm -hmm. of a house. It was their house. It's where they live. That's where their rooms are. That's where the kitchen is. So yeah, that's what I hope for. For me, I would like, and I just discovered this on Wasteland as well, is they have like, in Wasteland, you have infinite inventory. So you don't have to worry about going back to town to sell stuff. Or they could do the torchlight thing where if you played any of the torchlights, one of the, the great innovations there was you had a dog and whenever you wanted to sell stuff, you don't want to go back to town and, and sort of interrupt your dungeoneering. You could put everything to your dog and say, hey, dog, go back, sell my stuff, come back and give me the money. And that's what the dog would do. And the dog would be gone for three or four in-game minutes. And you, while the dog was gone, you'd keep slashing, killing, looting and stuff. And I think that's something I would love because I hate interrupting gameplay to have to go back and sell stuff. And do attribute points and say, okay, this goes here, this goes here, re-kit your guys. And that always sucks up precious time. As a middle-aged gamer, when you have kids or a wife or other commitments, you want to have the, the greatest amount of fun time that you can have in a short amount of time. Sounds like a good use for the robot. Oh, yeah. it would be nice. But to be honest, Bethesda does always put the weight stuff in the gameplay. So that would be a, a bit against their uh, traditions. So. It would, but it'd be an interesting mechanic. Seeing it'd be nice. Different planets with different gravity and how that affects your, oh, your yeah. carry capacity. <laughs> it's like on this planet, you can only idea. carry two things. Well, on that planet, you can carry. Uh, in a low gravity uh, planet, yeah. you can carry as much as the guy in the Stranding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't expect that, though. I'm not expecting there to be different gravitational. I think that's too, too complex. All right. So, Antoine, you are playing Tales of Arise this week if you have time. Yeah, that's Big a long shot. And Adam, you're doing Final Fantasy 14 on your own. Yeah, I mean, yeah I'm just going to finish it on my own. At this point, I don't think anybody's watching that anymore. So I'm going to do Omori. And then actually, um, originally, once I finish Omori, originally I was thinking to do Death Stranding or something like that. But I've noticed that I've had more success with these kind of indie games. So the next game that I'm thinking about playing is... Where is it? I can't remember what it's called. It's Monster something. It's, it's, it's basically a Metroidvania kind of Pokemon mix. but Monster Train? A Monster Trainer, yeah, I think is the name of it. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about uh, maybe I'll do that one next since I seem to have more luck with those. And then I'll... I'm debating whether I want to do Death Stranding on my own or if I want to stream it, but I'll probably do Monster Trainer streaming. And maybe I'll start Death Stranding on my own. And then we'll see. Very nice. Yeah, I should be finished Wasteland this week, and then I will be going back to the Switch to play something as I look at it. I for Literally, I've forgotten what is exactly on my Switch, but we'll see. And uh, that is it for this week. Next week, I guess we're not doing Starfield. We're going to wait like a month because we are only in April. So we'll wait like a month and come back with Starfield. And so next week, I forgot what is the order. I think we should be back to Adam. Yes. So Adam, any idea for next week? I was thinking... It might be good to get a perspective on what we think is the optimal game length. What kind of games do we think are ah, yes. good lengths? Because yes. for somebody like me who plays a lot, I might say 60 hours is great. And for somebody like you, you might be like, no, that's way too many. So I think uh, 
game length, what's a good length, what kind of content should you expect for that length, and an example of some games that we think are perfectly timed. Very good. And that is what it will be for next week. So if you have some ideas, maybe some questions before the show, you can contact us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all social media, including TikTok now. And we'd really appreciate that. And don't forget to subscribe everywhere and anywhere. We're pretty happy with TikTok and stuff so far. That is great. And that is it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And any feedback, please let us know. Bye-bye. Have a good night. See you later. That's all we have time for, folks. Please don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, and share on social media. We are trying to build the best possible community out there. We want to create a home for people just like you. You can find Middle Age Gaming on YouTube, Twitter, Discord, Gmail, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tune in to Adam and Phil's stream to have a chat with them. See you later!